welcome to the Recovery Coach Podcast, where we focus on person-centered recovery, peer support, and all the recovery things. We are co-host Seth Harris and Allison Broderick. It's good to be here, and let's get right into it. Today's topic is connection and the importance of connection and what is meant by connection. Right, Seth? Yeah, we, um, we're going to just kind of maybe do a little defining or some thoughts about what it might mean for people. Let's put it, that's a little bit better. Yeah. I don't just like dictate, right? And also what it means for you and me, what it has meant. Yeah. I mean, that's all we know. We could, we could just throw some stuff out there and hopefully um, some of it will be tangible. So maybe not so much on how to be connected or how to stay connected. That's kind of a little, not really where we want to go with this. We want to just kind of flush out this whole thing. It's really common in, um, I guess, our industry. <laughs> it's a common thing for people to say that connection is the opposite of addiction. And I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I'm like, why do we act like we are have this monopoly on connection? Like We meaning? <laughs> people in that struggle with quote-unquote addiction or people in recovery. Yeah, because it's really a, it's a human need. It's yeah. a human desire. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's enough science out there that will tell you that that's kind of how we're wired. Um, we, you know, we, people talk about uh, what is the chemicals like oxytocin and things like that that get released. Your brain releases this stuff when you're feeling connected. Yeah. And um, we're a social species. We've sort of evolved that way. So uh, everybody kind of craves it. Yeah. I think, I think absolutely, we crave it. Um, what I've noticed in um, my recovery is people will identify, including myself, either as extrovert or introvert. Mm-hmm. And... Um, with the way our culture and really our world has has evolved, so much of our work even can be done remotely at home. And so we've almost become accustomed to introverts, you know, to being introverts. And so I believe that's where a lot of anxiety comes Um because, oh my gosh, now I've got to be in front of people. And yet, once <laughs> I get in front of people, even though I, I identify as introverted, uh, it is. It's that high. It's a natural high. Yeah. Well, and, and, and um, right, so part of that is, is the desire to just kind of be known and understood, um, to feel like somebody gets you. You know, I think that, that in that way, we definitely crave connection. Um, obviously, some folks are a little bit more uncomfortable being around people. I think that we there's various reasons for that. I think sometimes we feel like we maybe won't receive that connection mm-hmm. that we sort of want. We won't be understood. And everybody's got their various reasons for kind of, you know, isolating or, mm-hmm. you know, being on their own and and honestly if you're doing stuff you know I, I can be you know in a house for a few days and um as 
as social and extroverted as I guess I probably am, it's like even going to the store sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I agree with you 100% because we all are bringing with us to whatever social event or recovery meeting or support group, whatever it may be, church, uh, our own childhood experiences. And mm. I know I'm not a spring chicken, so I am not considered millennial. And, you know, I even remember in my adolescence bullying and, you know, things were said to me that today would be a complete no-no. Um, but, you know, I'll bring those experiences with me to the grocery store. Yeah, they and I up. think, well, nobody's going to accept me. I'm not going to fit in. Yeah. What would people think? Yeah, I'm not enough. It For me, it always boils back down to I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the things in, um, you know, in recovery is we experience the opportunity to know that we are enough. Um, one of one of one of the breakthrough moments for me, uh, it was when my sponsor told me it's no one else's responsibility to understand you or why you do the things that you do. Um, and that was that was a huge kind of turning point for me because everything had always been about, you know, I know that we all desire to be understood. We desire to be known. We desire to be loved. And so I was like always trying to put that out there. And what I realized was that sometimes that's not going to be the case and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We have, everybody has something that they're bringing to the table, something to contribute there's a, I guess maybe a lot of a lot of our struggles sometimes are really about getting to that place where you, like you said, you recognize you are enough. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with what other people think. Yeah. Or say. Or the flip side of that is, um, I'm too much. I'm too much for these people. Or you know, I need to I need to dial back. Um, if you really knew me. Yeah, exactly. Are they going to find out I'm a total phony? I think that all the time. But I kind of own my phoniness now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've, I'm probably, the, you know, I'm up there with the, the people that love the bad jokes, you know. But I always say, well, if you're not laughing, then you're just, I'm sorry, you're just going to be missing out. You know? Yeah, that's true. It doesn't true. matter to me that's if you true. laugh or not. It's funny. <laughs> Because I'm laughing at me. I, my my son said something. I, this is just a little side note. But yeah, yeah. The other day, uh, it was his birthday, and I took him and my stepson to a, a restaurant for breakfast. And I had said something, and I was laughing so hard. And my son, 18, he looks at me, and he goes, Mom, I think you are the funniest person you know. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a great compliment. <laughs> I was I was thinking he was going to say, you're the funniest person I know. Right. Thank you for affirming the, what I always thought. Yes, yes. But, you know, it the connection piece, it, for me at least, it took, it took time. Mm-hmm. It took time 
to first of all be connected without being drunk mm-hmm. uh, and then once I started to uh, familiarize myself with what that felt like then I started almost returning to that little girl mm-hmm. inside of me um, I can't say innocent or, but it was just this childlike um, wonder. And I started to uncover and discover Mm -hmm. my authentic self Mm -hmm. around other people. And I can say today, for the most part, I do like me. And I do think I'm the funniest person I've met. Yeah, yeah. Which do you speak to the uh, authentic connection, right? And I, and, and I, I think that any connection could—well, I won't say any connection, but I think most connections can be, you know, uh, beneficial, right? You're not necessarily having to connect on this like crazy deep level with every person, you know. Like, you know, some sometimes people are like, I don't want to be superficial. I don't want to be fake. I don't. Well, no, but you can still be kind, Absolutely. genuine. Sometimes you can have a connection with somebody you never met and you'll never see again, and it can be very impactful. Yeah. So I think that authenticity, you know, I'll ask my guys sometimes, um, maybe not so much um, how are you connected or where are you connected, but where do you feel connected? Oh, yeah. And then... Maybe a little bit of, like, what are you connected to? Yeah. Right? There's so much of what am I surrounding myself with? Where am I investing my time? Where am I investing my energy, my heart, uh, my money, you know? Mm-hmm. So those those kind of become your own community. Absolutely. Yeah. And... That sense of deep connection without the influence of substances or mental, um, other mental conditions, that connection is so powerful and real. And it's almost, for me... It, it especially in the beginning, it it felt foreign, and yet it felt light, mm. like like peace. I was I was at peace, and I am at peace, whether I'm connecting to you, Seth, mm. or a group of of people. I just kind of lean in. Mm-hmm. I am a part of mm-hmm. even if I'm not enough even if I'm too much um, I kind of just quiet those thoughts is some of that like from where it takes me at least is because there's not really an agenda you know what I mean like it's not like what am I getting out of this relationship or this experience or yeah there's no, the manipulation is not there yeah so it's not as laborious yeah, and yeah. then when you, you're surrounded by people with whom 
you can make those deep connections, there's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I know you love that word. Yes. I was just sitting here thinking of Brene Brown as you were talking. Yes. No. <laughs> well, and um, yeah, I'll allude to this. I remember there was a time where you and I were, were chatting about some some people we were, you know, peers, clients we were working with. And you said to me, we find our way with the support of others. And I wrote that down oh. and I keep that um, as a reminder, you know, and, you know, to go back to what you were talking about, that, that empathy piece, right, which for me is something we experience as we choose to be vulnerable and then other people hold space, identify, you know, I hear you. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there's, there's so many things that surround, so many topics and things that surround this whole, you know, what, how do I want my life to go? Mm-hmm. And for me, everything always comes back to that empathy piece. Yeah. Not sympathy, um, but just that I get it. I, I hear you. I understand. I was talking with a group. I was having a group uh, that I was I was doing a lesson with share different thoughts about sort of light and dark concepts in our world, right? And so many of as they really processed through it, so many of them came went through all the light concepts, and it came down to not alone. And they went through so many of the dark concepts, and they basically kind of came down to feeling ashamed. Wow. And so when I talked to them about where's the connection between not alone and feeling ashamed, of course, everything came back to the empathy. But having to be vulnerable enough to be willing to experience that process, that can be tough, right? Yeah. 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 And I think of, you know, empathy. Also, I think of the word compassion. Mm -hmm. And I maybe learned this just a year ago, uh, but the word passion mm. means to suffer. Um, and I, I'm reminded of that movie, The Passion of the Christ. It, it was really suffering was, was the foundation. So compassion, co-passion, is to suffer with. Mm. And that was powerful for me. It, it, compassion, co-passion is not fix it. Mm-mm. It's just, as we say in our industry, holding space. I hear you. Um, not me trying to insert me into their suffering, but just to be with others. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful. Yeah. No, I like that. That's, um, yeah. I mean, I guess in some sense, it's really what the, the whole, the whole connection, genuine, authentic connection we talked about Mm -hmm. really kind of comes down to, um, when you have that genuine, those genuine moments, right. Um, like you said, holding space, having compassion, you know, that really makes you feel authentically connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to play out, you know, um, 
the same for everybody, which, you know, we can, we can kind of save that for another time. Cause I, I'm already going to like how you can feel connected to lyrics of a song oh, yeah, or okay, like yeah. a, book, <laughs> a book or a movie or this will be to, to be continued yeah. again. Um, but I will, I, it, you know, it's interesting. I will actually, I will actually allude to a song lyric because, um, there's a Gnarls Barkley song, which, um, I think the name of the song is Who Cares? And the lyric says, um, everybody is somebody, but nobody wants to be themselves. So if I really want to understand me, I have to talk to someone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and and to me, and, 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 I'll, and I'll show guys like uh, this example in a lot of ways, but the irony is like self-awareness and you know a sense of who you are and how you want to live your life in a lot of ways you have to learn that from spending time with other people yes and not only that it's the reason we say in recovery stick with the winners Mm. i find certain individuals who have what i want because i'm so brand new in the beginning of recovery I don't know what I want mm. I want more alcohol <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's my solution it's everybody else's problem you know yeah yeah so I had to find cherry pick almost certain individuals women for me who had what I wanted and what they had was something no money could buy and I, I loved what you just said, and I want to go back to it. Um, when you were talking about the lyrics of, of the Gnarls Barkley song, I heard it once, um, the word intimacy. Mm. Intimacy is really into me, I see. Genuine intimacy. Genuine intimacy. Right. When I'm genuinely connecting with another individual um, I can see a piece of me through them which I believe is the sunlight of the spirit Mm. and it's not you know we don't push any belief system on anyone Um, so higher power universe God um, sunlight, whatever it may be, but the spirit is greater than me. I could not quit my old behaviors of addiction and codependency and binge eating. I couldn't do that alone. And that's what this is all about. That I can't, we can. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I can't, we can that's so true. I, um, you know, when I, uh, when I teach the steps, I will, I will allude to the Chuck Chamberlain diagram, which is in the book, a new, new pair of glasses. And you're talking about the steps, 12 steps, 12 steps, excuse me. Yes. And in that diagram, it shows essentially a stick figure, um, on one side of a line which sort of represents a wall if you will and on the other side of the line on the other side of the wall is a circle 
that essentially represents the universe and everything in it. So this stick figure would be me, and I'm separated from everything else. And in his in his interpretation, the wall is actually my ego, my self-centeredness. But he also defines it as the conscious feeling of being separated from. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the idea is that we want, we actually desire for that wall not to be there for that feeling of separation to go away. And for us to be in unity and connection with other people, maybe some people interpret that as, uh, you know, being a part of what's going on is a way of being fulfilled or having some kind of fulfilling life. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you said that we don't, we don't get to where we're trying to be in recovery and overcoming our struggles, uh, no matter what they might be on our own. Right. And we definitely need to tap into something that's greater than all of us. I think and it's most people's experience, which the collectiveness. Oh yeah. Of the community could can be, be that your higher power. You know, I, I think in some ways it is. Um, even if you have a defined higher power, most defined higher powers are pointing to ways in which you are all supposed to be connected. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It, we. I do believe that we, as a human race, are designed for connection and for community. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't moments where I am craving desperately to be alone and I call that solitude Mm. but there's such a difference between isolation and and solitude solitude. Mm -hmm. I like that I hadn't thought about that perspective because it is true there's there's you know um, there's a lot of benefits to alone time yeah and the self-care those kind of things a lot of people don't you know uh, just to kind of allude to um, some New Testament stuff, and, and it's, it's it's like the parts of those readings that a lot of people skip through is the many, many occasions where it says, and Jesus went to be alone with Yes. Them. Right? A qu- there's a book title. I don't think I read the book. <laughs> That's all right. But uh, I do remember the title, and it's A Quiet Place of Rest. Hmm. It's important to become comfortable with the solitude and and become comfortable in connection. So for me, the solitude feels like rest. Mm-hmm. The isolation feels like I'm keeping secrets. Like busyness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be that, yep. Yeah, it's burdensome sometimes when we try to do it on our own. Um, When we don't have the answers, we're not feeling quite right, and we don't know where to go for that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I've heard it said before, the most dangerous place to be 
is inside my own head. Mm. Well, when I isolate, not the solitude, but isolate, I begin to conjure up all of these what ifs and it goes back to, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I don't have enough. I'm not doing enough. And, and the, really the only thing in my experience that can, can break that, um, spiral or that bond is connection to get out of my own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's a genuineness to that too, because I can tell myself anything and I can get stuck into believing, you know, if I don't have someone that I'm bouncing life off of, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't have a community, whatever it may be consisting of that. I'm not, you know, reverberating the stream of life with, right. um, you know, it can lead to all kinds of things in terms of self-centeredness, depression, uh, delusional thoughts about who I am and what this thing's all about. Yeah. Um, we can get we can get misdirected pretty quick. Oh my goodness, yes. I I do have a good example. Um, it was a few years ago. It was around the holidays, I believe Thanksgiving, and there was the possibility of one of my greatest fears. And at that time, it was uh, that my son, who was, I believe, maybe fifteen at the time was now at an age where he could make the choice to live with his dad. Mm. And it, it really was inside my head where I had um, thought of all these scenarios and all of these what ifs. And I chose to believe all of it. And so I did call someone um, that I had met at one of my women's meetings I, she was a winner, still is a winner, in my opinion. And <laughs> Worth I knew, thinking with. Please see note above. <laughs> yes. But I knew that she had been through a similar experience. And so I called her, and I cried, and I, I was definitely in some self-pity. She listened, and she asked if she could offer some feedback, and I'm like, Please, yes. <laughs> and she kept saying, okay, let me tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the truth. And every time she would say that, it gave me more and more peace. Mm-hmm. And what I realized looking back at that example is that inside of my head is dangerous, yes, but also I was choosing, I was making the choice to believe the lies. Hmm. And I needed her in that very moment to keep redirecting me to what was true. And I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. One of my greatest fears, I still didn't have to drink. Amen. Amen. Good such, stuff. Such a good witness. Such a good witness. Yeah. Well, we will. Um, we're going to have to 
to expand on this one for sure. I probably say that every time. I know. Um, just because there's a lot of directions that this can go in and we don't want to get too far off track. Then we have to reel ourselves back in it and we won't know where we started. But that's okay. Well, I do want to say this. I, what could be dangerous is I do think that I have a new addiction. (laughs) Podcasting. Podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. I dream about it. Yeah. (laughs) That may be a sign. No. Um, We do want to thank all of you who have been um, engaging with us, uh, checking us out, listening in. We've even gotten some supportive thoughts and comments from people. So thank you so much for that. If you ever want to reach out to us, please visit us. Give them the uh, give them the contact information, Allison. www. I don't think anybody says that anymore, but it is the <laughs> T-H-E recoverycoachatl.com. And also we will include the diagram that you had referenced earlier, Seth. Yeah. We'll, uh, in the notes, we'll put that, um, either a link or a, um, um, imagery if we can in the comments on the podcast. But yeah, we do appreciate all of that. Um, spread the news about out. our podcast. Yes. Share, share, share the message. And, um, We will talk with you all next time. Thank you so much.